0: Pushing back chaos. With Mel
1: and Mike and Raph. Welcome back to another episode of Pushing Back Chaos. Me, Paul Mellon McFadden, broadcasting from Madrid, where it's quite warm—over forty Celsius. How you going there, Raph? <laughs> Tio Espinosa?
0: I'm good. Um, I'm good. It's—I don't know what the temperature is here. Uh, I haven't
1: really looked that far but it's not 40 degrees celsius uh, it's warm enough for the bean to be wearing nothing but shorts but we're shocked that well, there's any clothing on the little feral child well to be honest he's you even if it's
0: snowing outside he's usually half naked if not fully naked he's a savage he just
1: doesn't care <laughs> oh man I love it and how are you going there Mike
2: Um, I'm pretty good I'm just curious about the opening there you're back to the weather and the temperatures and stuff do you when you're landing your 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 plane melon do you give a proper brief to people or are you just like strap on in your maggots and then you just land the plane however it lands then you're like get out
1: well well, normally on the planes I'm flying now it's normally me plus one so I don't need to give a whole PA announcement welcome to Friggin' Spokane where it's 27 Celsius and blah, 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 blah. They know the weather. They can look outside.
2: You just, you just, day one, you just give your expectations like, look, I'm an asshole. I'm not telling you the weather every time we land. And uh, when we land, you just get out and we'll call it a day.
1: Well, the thing is, the thing is, I'm mentioning the heat because it's pretty hot and we're on vacation and we've been uh, in Spain and uh, Portugal and we just drove to Madrid and it's like super hot. So over over 40 in Australia is like a very hot day. And it's pretty hot. What can I say? When we're on the coast, when we saw Metallica, just, just it, for was the... like, it was like 27. It was beautiful in, in uh, Bilbao when we saw Metallica, and it's really proper hot now.
0: Just for the listeners, we're busting Melon's balls as small as they are because <laughs> he started off – before we started recording, he started talking about the temperature. And Mike and I just started laughing because we're like, oh. And I, I literally just said, dude, just save it for the intro because – That's we all have our 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 gaffs, I guess you can say. And his is that he's obsessed with the temperature. He's like Anchorman,
2: and nobody gives a shit. He's like
0: that's the that's the best part. None (laughs) of us care. None of us care.
2: I'm not in Madrid right now, Melon. There are people who are (laughs) sitting in, you know, freaking eat my ass Florida, and they're just like, oh, he's in Madrid. What an asshole! Like I don't want to hear about I don't want to hear about the weather over in Madrid. You know, they're sitting back having a cold one right now, listening you know, 3CU next Tuesday is having a conversation. They're like, get on with the show. I got valuable time. I don't want to hear about <laughs> Melon over there having titties and brown Gatorade and Madrid and walking around with small
1: nuts. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> the, the only The only one of the three that <laughs> doesn't have a, a CV or a resume, i.e. has not procreated is you, Mike. I'll just point that out. Procreated. Yeah. You got no CV. You got uh... no. You got no references.
2: Maybe we don't, a, we don't, know, there we don't know that
1: anything works downstairs. You could be firing blanks. It's that it, you know, I didn't want to go there,
0: but I think I think you need to check your plumbing, sir. <laughs> I
2: just I just checked it before we got
1: on the show. I think oh I'm I, I think I'm good. Oh my God. I think I'm good. No, you need a professional So anyway, so anyway I was driving across today and we listening. I was just I just listened to the, the last episode we did with our uh, morgs. And I mean, what an unreal conversation that was. Just someone sharing about stuff that you never get to hear, you know, someone who's really dealing with no shit of challenging deck of cards and is using words like I'm looking for the opportunities and I'm enjoying the ride. It's just no shit. It's humbling to, to know that there are people like that out there. And like I'm sure each listener to this has amazing people in their circle who are going through stuff and, You know, I just encourage all of you to to reach out and have a conversation. There there are people you know, I know it, there are people you know who are having a hard time or or who are dealing with, maybe not having a hard time, but are dealing with difficult cards. And that conversation just really shifted a lot for me. It put me in a massive place of gratitude. made me reassess what am I taking for granted, where are my BS expectations in life and... You know, like it also gave him an opportunity to share about stuff that maybe he hasn't shared, and to put that out into the to the community. Like I know that there are we have listeners, you know, in all sort of parts of the journey and people having having a hard time. It really makes a difference to hear from other people. So that was yeah. a very moving conversation. I got a lot out of last week.
2: It it really was, um, and that was two weeks ago, Melon. But it still resonates. I've listened to it, I think, at least three times now, and it definitely had an effect on me. Uh, just to kind of share, I uh, I woke up yesterday and a memory picture popped up on my phone. You know, just this times, whatever for July, and uh, you know, we're just talking about kind of the topic today is being in a bad negative loop and and how to get out of it. And I had a little flashback to a bad negative loop that I was in. And this picture popped up of me two years ago. And uh, it was a day that I got just really hard, shitty news. Um, And I was smiling in it. But looking at me, I was 35 pounds lighter than I am right now. Um, My eyes were exhausted and tired. And I had a huge smile, but it was so fake. And I just kind of reflected on it. I kind of teared up about it, thinking about where I was, and and how I felt. Um, And it was like looking at uh, a ghost of like a ghostly shell of myself. And I thought about Morgs and his story about kind of how he was discussing life and how he was stuck in this loop. Now that's really the rest of his life with Parkinson's, and how he was choosing to look at it and, and make decisions to move forward and be positive and be grateful and everything else. And I kind of wrote a little story about it and shared it out, uh, just discussing mental health and making decisions to, to be happy and making changes and realizing that you made it through it. Like I, I made it out of it and I didn't do it alone at all, (laughs) but I'm very, I felt very proud of myself that I got out of that loop because it, it was extremely unhealthy and very very negative for me um and i just look at myself now like where i'm at and i still have a lot of work to do i, I never want to be a finished product but you know MORGs really resonated with me when i saw that picture i related to his story so much and uh yeah so i i get what you're saying man it you just take some time and listen to it over again and then really apply it to my life i was like man that one little picture brought all that out, but it was good. Shout out to Morgs, man.
1: Yeah, shout out Morgs. Good for you, man. And and on on the back of that, um, you know, the message you sent out with your own story there, Mike. Like I have got the kids to read that, and we we had a, a conversation about that as well. You know, like we're riding, um, we're we're touring around on on the waterfront, and we're using those electric ride-on scooters that you can just sort of hire because we couldn't get to where we needed to go with a car. And it was a big deal for Annie, like a really big deal to get on there, um, not being able to see what's coming, no sense of safety around her to have to balance on the front of um, the scooter with me. And she really had a bit of a moment, you know, and she dealt with herself. She needed a push. You know, Dad had to, I had to engage Dad mode to sort of get her going. And But like after two or three minutes, she was like shrieking with joy and, you know, really had a great, we had just had a great great family day. Just this, you know, not much, we weren't doing anything fancy. We were just together and we're having an experience. But it gave us something to talk about today once the kids read your message. And she was like, you know, I was just having a moment. Like (laughs) she was talking about, you know, I was just feeling a bit stuck the way that Mr. Mike was feeling a bit stuck, you know. It's like a thing for all of us. And I guess that that's sort of what has led to us talking about the the topic we chose today, which is, you know, when you are stuck in a dark place, you know, you've had bad news or you've had loss. How do you get past that? How do you get out of that place where you're stuck? And so that's sort of just naturally gonna lead to the conversation we're having. So yes, in a stuck place, you're in a position where normally there's a massive resistance to reality. Like you're in a position of, you do not want the reality that is occurring to you to occur as if you have the ability to choose something other than that. Like, I wish that that person still liked me. I wish my father was still here. I wish I didn't get scrubbed off hornets. I wish my wife didn't get cancer, all those sorts of thoughts. And it's totally, natural first step and the longer you stay in that place of resistance the longer the and the deeper the suffering like i really feel like that 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 suffering experience is mainly from the person in that in that state rejecting the state as if you can decide to change the color of the sky or stop the rain from falling and for me it's always been the quicker you can move through the steps, getting out of resistance to what is, and getting into the state of these are the cards I've got, and now let's look for the best way to process and move forward. That's always been the only way that I've I've, I've been able to get through the hard times I've had, you know. And like I'm, I really heard that in Morg's story when he was driving back from the doctor on a two and a half hour drive. I mean that. You're to picture that. Everyone can picture that, right? Like on your own, you've just been given this news. You don't even have your wife by your side. She's still in hospital. You're driving back to the hospital to see her. And trying to get through that part of the rejecting it to try and get into moving towards acceptance. And the quicker you can get to the acceptance, the more you get then your power back and ability to do something about it. But yeah, for you me know, always, that, that state of suffering is the state of resisting reality. Sorry, Raf, you're going to jump in? No, I was going to say,
0: just kind of going back to, to Mort's, Um, and just the story, like you just, you kind of just talked about a piece that I kind of was thinking about for a while after that episode, and it was that, that two-hour drive where he's like literally trying to process the whole thing. And, um, and I know that's something that can, everybody could relate, right, just across the board. And, you know, I try to put myself in his shoes a little bit, like, how, how would I have handled that, right? Because it's easy to sit there and say, well, I'll, you know, I'll wrestle the dragon and come out with positive and try to be optimistic and do all these things. But that's just not always the case. And so I, you know, so the reality is, because we're not all perfect, and we all stumble all the time, what are the things that are under control? And there's all these like mantras you hear throughout life. And, and you start to realize that some of these are like, not just true, but they're important. That you hold them to be true and i think one of them is um i think i've heard dr aaron say this before she said it in different words but just recently more recently i heard dr jordan peterson say this and it was in like a clip that i saw and he basically just said you know the things that people like people people think of life as these moments where we accentuate our life like you go on a cruise or you'll be on a beach with margaritas or like you know like it's like we grind and grind and grind and we just almost like don't live through our daily life just to get to these moments of bliss, right? These, like, I'm going to go on this one week cruise, like in a year from now, but between now and then, I'm just going to have this miserable existence. Um, When in reality, living is those, it's the stuff you do every day. It's walking through the door to greet your wife or your wife to greet you. It's, it's, you know, you wake up for breakfast and you're going to have a conversation with your, let's like the first couple of words you're going to say to your wife, like that's the stuff you, that, that is, that is your life. Everything, you know, your trips to Madrid, your trips to all over the world, the things like, you know, the concerts you go to, those are just accentuating your life. But your real life lies in the daily things that occur all the damn time. And those are the things, and this is a, another mantra that I'm kind of meshing with this, is I remember I had a, a, a boss who used to say, you know, if you master the basics, you're gonna be absolutely amazing at the things that are like real nuance and real advanced. Because once you master the basics, that's already ingrained in the reptilian brain, right? Like you, you're a master at that stuff. And really the advanced stuff is just an extension of the basics anyways. And that's what you realize once you get there. And I honestly think that if you learn to master the basics, like the, how you greet your wife through the door, how you, you know, just how you deal with your children during like different events, like just kind of break it down. I think when you do have extraordinary events, kind of like morgues, I think it becomes a little bit, and it sounds like Morgs have done has done some of this. He maybe didn't acknowledge it, but I feel like he he had the ability to kind of process what he did because he probably was he is really good at mastering the basics, right? I'm just these are assumptions. I, obviously, this is not. I'm going anecdotal anecdotally off this because I don't know him to a, a great degree just from outside of our uh, interview with him. But um, yeah, I, I don't know if that makes any sense to you guys. But I just was thinking about what. Yeah, go ahead, Melon.
1: No, no, no. I'll cut. You don't get to you don't get to turn up as like Muhammad Ali without having done the ten thousand hours of apprenticeship. Do you know, I and mean? we all feel like we could just be that, deliver that masterful performance in the time of crisis, but it's just it's just not the case. And and he was always like that. He was always like that. Raph. like you have picked it correctly, that he's, this is not. Something that he's like, now I've got to change from, uh, you know, and change my spots from being a tiger to a, a leopard or whatever, you know what I mean? Like he has been an introspective, thoughtful guy who processes stuff and is a, he's a thinker his whole life. And so that has set him up for the ch- time of challenge. I mean, I, I've heard what you were just saying really, really clearly there, Ruff. I heard, heard that just the other day expressed as pursuing joy versus pursuing contentment. And the joy and happiness are just fleeting experiences where you've got to have a thousand things aligned to have that moment, versus like a deep contentment and fulfillment that you can have in your life when you've really addressed the basics and the fundamental stuff. The relationships are strong, you know. Your career is fulfilling. You've got uh, your finances are as squared away. As you can get them. All of those things that can just give deliver years of contentment and fulfillment. And then if you have a peak up, up, then that's fine. But, you know, don't, don't like the fireworks, you know, just experience it and be grateful for it. And then when the low comes, you've got a baseline, you've got like a foundation to carry you through that as well. But I think the West at the moment with, you know, social media and a lot of other things sets us up for this pursuit of like just massively unattainable, like a standard of living or, an expectation for relationships and stuff that's all created by movies and just crazy shit, you know, that if we, if we're able to focus on contentment and fulfillment and meaningful work and meaningful relationships, th- those are the things that are going to deliver that strength and the ability to, to get through hard times.
0: And, and if I could just share like a, a personal experience that just happened recently, actually, within the last couple of days, Um, just referring to, if you master the basics, you'll be so much better when catastrophe hits or what, you know, at the advanced level, when you really need to kind of dig in deep. And one of those is for me, mastering the basics is like genuinely trying to live in the moment, right. When I'm around my son, when I'm around my wife and my, my dear friends, my close friends. And what I mean by that is like, not just being in the moment, but also just like loving them for who they are and just being grateful that they're in my life. Just the other day, I was looking out the window and I saw my son, just doing the things that he does, and it literally brought it. It brought tears to my eyes, and it was like just absolute sheer unadulterated joy that he was like. I just thought to myself, like, this is—he's my child, and it—that th- feeling of like, like just beyond gratitude. Same thing with my wife. You know, she'll do something and she'll she'll be holding my son in a certain way or whatever, and it just like I, I capture this image, and it just like I just think to myself, like, I am the luckiest son of a bitch to have this beautiful woman who you know has stood by me by, by through so much and the reason this is important is because it's not always like that right but if you learn to master the basics which is just basically like when you have those quiet moments really really truly dig deep inside and love your surroundings love love your children love your wife and your husband love the things that are around you fast forward or let's say let's go back a couple of days Aubrey and I we kind of had a pretty significant fight it was a stupid argument and we almost didn't talk for a whole day but it's, but it's that foundation of love and like knowing that she's absolutely worth, you know, she's the center of my world. So even when we stray away from those happy moments, that's what I come back to. Right. Because I practice that, that sense of gratitude. When I look at her, I literally think, God, I'm the lucky son of a bitch. I might not always say it to her, but I think it a lot. I mean, I think it all the time, same thing with my son. Right. So whenever he's acting up and I have to discipline him, you know, it's still kind of from a place of love because I practice it all the time. I like like I said, you know, just looking out the window and I was I, I was cut off guard with the fact that I was crying just looking at him. But I, but that was like but that's just how I felt. Right. That's just uh, anyway. So that when I say the basics in terms of family and friends, that's what I mean. Like learn to love at every possible moment, because when you're doing the hard stuff, you know, it's it's just it's easier to you know, it's easier to kind of navigate.
2: Yeah, uh, Mike. Rev, from the bottom of my heart, I just really want you to feel this when I say this. You're extremely lucky for Aubrey. Like, I think about her a lot, too, and I'm just, I, th- I think about her, and my heart flutters, and I, then I see her with you, and then it just dies, and it's just, I, I, I just want you to know that you're extremely lucky, and I'm happy for you, okay? And don't, don't mess it up, because I don't want to have to get a flight to Spokane, all right? <laughs> So, oh my god
1: <laughs>
2: oh my god no seriously back to being serious so um, being in that dark place and uh, hearing you guys talk about what you should be focused on it's easier said than done and I think uh, we, yeah. can all, we can all agree on that um, thinking back to you know the state that I, I talked about uh, looking at my picture, uh, I couldn't think about anything else. There was literally nothing else in my scope, like no matter how hard I, I tried. And I like to think of myself, I'm, pr- I'm a pretty strong, strong guy, physically, mentally, like I've been through some stuff before adversity, whatever with with work, but when it came to this, this was just crushing and there was nothing else I could focus on. Like I would go to work. Luckily, I wasn't deploying or doing anything crazy. There were days where I'd go to work and there was nothing crazy going on. And I'm like, I have to leave. Like I'm not actively here and I don't want to get anybody hurt. And, and they're like, yeah, dude, we get it. Like they knew I was going through stuff and they're like, dude, go home. Like, go get your mind right. I'll be around to talk if you need to, which I didn't. At the time, I thought I could handle it by myself, and I just, I, I I say I'm going internal, right? So it's a saying that in my community, it's like, hey, dude, he's going internal. It's that's a bad thing. That means he's shutting off, he's disconnecting, he's burning bridges, and he's just going into his own little state. And we just think that we can drive through because of past accomplishments, and it's bullshit, for the most part. Um, There was a lot of times where I would fester in it and i would have conversations and you know i don't care call me crazy whatever but it was uh during covid when it started so there's nobody out where everybody's disconnected which i know everybody can relate to so sitting in my apartment by myself um the walls start talking sitting there wondering like why did this happen And I knew that like, I never intended for this to happen. Like this wasn't my goal to end up in this state. I think everybody can look at a bad situation and be like, I didn't want this. Like, I don't want to feel like this, but you're in it. And you're like, "Uh, I didn't want this. So I wasn't prepared for it. And now what do I do? How do I get out? I knew I didn't have to hold that in and I didn't want to hold it in. So I would literally go into my bathroom and talk to the mirror. And I would be asking questions because they would be flowing through my head so fast. Why, why is this happening to me? Uh, why did this person do this to me? How could they, uh, am I, is it because I'm a terrible person? Is it this, is it that? And the, the only person answering, which was really bad looking back at it, was myself. There was nobody giving me any feedback or conversation or information except myself. And I was answering my own questions and it made it worse because it was just, I was in an emotional state. I was in a hurt state. So the answers that were coming back were most worst case scenario. And they may or may not have been true. I don't know, but I do know it made me worse. And the best thing that I started doing after a while is I started talking to other people that it wasn't in my own head. It wasn't my own answers. It wasn't because it's like what I thought was going on. It was like, no, 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 I can't do this anymore. I need to talk to people. So uh, my buddies, you know, Kenny G, he called me twice a day. That dude called me twice a day for like two months every day. Just, Hey man, just getting in the patrol car. Hey man, just got to the fire station. Just checking on you. Hey, what's up, man. You need to talk later. I'll have 30 minutes free just for you all the time. Right. And I was like, dude, thanks. And I know I was a pain in the ass because I, I felt like a burden talking so much because I was so down in the pit that I didn't want to be a burden on my friends. And I was like, Hey, I'm sorry. I got to call you, but I just, I just can't sit in the bathroom and talk anymore. And they got it. You guys got it. You guys helped me through it. Um, so anyway, yeah, just being in that pit, that's where, that's the starting point. Right. So that's the ugly part. That's that, that's where we're at. Coming up out of it, I think this is where we can kind of talk about the progression, like what starts bringing us out of it and having some legit realization, whether intellectually or um, emotionally, like starting the process and being like, I don't want to stay here. So where do I go from here?
1: So it's it's interesting hearing you talk there, Mike, you know, like everyone listening to this, Raph and me, we've all been in that in that place of suffering, in that dark place where you feel stuck and, you know, you're, you're hating yourself or you're hating your situation or you're angry, you're suffering, you're sad, what, whatever that is. And so the, the interesting thing to try and distinguish here is really what has helped us actually get out of that hard place. What, what, is, what has been the thing that has made the difference? And I just heard you there touch on the first one, which was by talking to people who genuinely love you. Who, who really, who really are in for you to get ahead? There, there's no agenda. They've got a long history uh, that gives them credibility. You know, like they've got runs on the board that they've they've delivered before over an extended period of time, and then, like that is a key first step, I think. For me, a, a big part of it is to try and have that. There's a there's a point in my hard times where it has been a Hall of Mirrors moment. I don't know whether you guys use that term in the US military, but in the Australian military, the Hall of Mirrors is where you go sit and have a look at yourself and try and figure out what it is that you did that caused this or contributed to it. And it's like an honest moment of self-assessment. And it's very easy to do this quickly. And it's very, very hard to do it to the point where you actually distinguish what it is that you did, that you controlled. The thing, the seed that you planted, or the action you took, and it's a bitter pill. And and this this step, I this has been the one step that has made the biggest difference for me when I've had these times, and it's the hardest step. And it's on the other side of it, you have you have your power back, but you don't have any power to change anything, while it's still everyone else's fault. When it's the other person whether it's God, whether it's your dad who's died, whether it's, you know, the commanding officer who's made a decision and posted to someone, whatever the situation is, you have no power to change it when the responsibility is outside you. And getting the responsibility in where you can really find what it is that you did that contributed to that relationship going south is very, very difficult. And it's the last thing any human wants to do. But on the other side of it, you get the realization you caused it, but you have the power to change it and you have the power to change yourself and make a change in the, in the future. But it's a very, very difficult step. Mike.
2: Absolutely agree, Melon. And to quote Dr. Jordan Peterson for this, I love this quote because it's exactly what you're talking about, that which you most need to find will be found where you least wish to look. Right. That's that's. That's really in yourself. That's really visiting a, a place that you know is going to hurt. That's going to be ugly. It's going to be tough. But that's where you go. And I'd like to say Raf is the one that taught me that with journaling. Uh, and I've heard multiple people reference that because I share that now. Raf shared it with me. When I talk to people, I offer them, hey, maybe you should try journaling in the way that I did it as a way to put your stuff out there on, in a physical form and be able to read it, see it, acknowledge it. And it's not floating around in your head causing chaos. Go ahead, Mel.
1: The piece that follows on from that. And, and, and I agree journaling and I can hats off to Ralph for, for, for playing that seat for you is take the time to find what it is that you can take responsibility for. And it's, when you're looking for the thing that you can take responsibility for, you gotta be careful you don't bullshit yourself and you don't overstep the mark and you don't, you don't like stop short of it either. Like if there's stuff the other person was doing, don't take responsibility for that. But there might be things that you were doing, you were genuinely doing that if there was a video camera recording it, it was like, yes, these words, I was saying these things, I was acting this way and I was setting this conversation up or I was contributing in this in this way and you can take responsibility for that if you go past that point you're bullshitting and there's uh, like an integrity breakdown that's going to occur and you know you actually can't take responsibility for everything in the world but there are actions that you did or there are things you didn't do that you can take responsibility for and on the other side of that you can then have a conversation you can have a conversation with god you can have a conversation with your parents with close loved ones or with the person that is actually has been wronged in this situation. You know, and I know I've mentioned it. I mentioned it a lot in some of the older podcasts about calling on my old girlfriends and stuff. And there's like, you know, they're not all good conversations, but there's a lot on the other side of that where you do actually go back and take responsibility for the things that you can. Yeah.
2: No, you're, you're right. Uh, two things with that. One is I think, I think I hear the most, I've heard it twice this week. Uh, just from two conversations the two different people I've just, I've talked to. And it's, I wish that I could just be happy right now. And I pray to God to just let me be happy. Like just snap your fingers and I just want to get back to being happy. I, I get it. I, f- I feel that, I've said it. I think all three of us have said that because we're exhausted. We're, we don't want to feel that pain. We don't want to feel that anxiety. You just want it gone. Like it's, it, it, I get it it's just not going to happen that way. This first step of taking ownership and visiting the, the root like you want to climb a tree, you got to start at the bottom and you start down at the roots and figure out your way. You look up the tree. Okay. There's branches that are coming out that I have to grab onto and address and navigate and figure it out and get all the way to the top. The hap- you know, happiness is at the top. And you just, you fell off, you're down at the bottom and you're like, okay, I want to get up there. I know you do. I know you want to get up there. All of us do, but it's going to take some work. You're going to have to do some climbing. Um, Looking at it that way is like, you have to start there. You have to, you have to put in the work. Um, What were you just saying, Millen? It just popped in my head.
1: So there's, there's a bit in there where the, the part that follows on from where you can find, take, when you take the time to find what you can take responsibility for, right. is that you can now internalize the pathway to making the improvement, where you're taking the lesson from the experience, you're taking the lesson from the frustration or the, the negative interaction at work or on personal level inside your family, which are the three areas that we want to keep working on the podcast. And you can, you can find a way where you're like, all right, there's a better version of me that I can work towards that's going to be either stopping a behavior that I want to get rid of or it can be adding a behavior or a character trait that I'm missing at the moment that's going to address, that's going to be a step towards becoming this better person. And this, this is really what this podcast is about, right? Like we are all in it together. We're pushing back against chaos. And the way we're gonna do that is individually. Like don't ask society to change, like it's an individual effort all the time. So this, the, the part that comes after this responsibility exercise is there's gonna be a pathway to finding how you can become a better version of yourself. Does that trigger anything for you there, right.
2: No, it does. Uh, what I kind of related to, it, and as you're saying it, I, I know what I was gonna say is that hall of mirrors. So it's like picture yourself walking down a hall and there's mirrors on your left. And at the end of the hallway, there's a, there's a, an action that happens, whether it's somebody yelling at you or, you know, whatever it is, one side of that mirror wants to be emotional and just outburst and just kind of just send it right. Your, our, our gorilla, lizard brain side, right? It's just we want to react and just go off. The other side of that mirror now is having awareness. So for me, now that like, I can look at it, and I can own up to what I did, it helps me realize what I can and cannot control. So at that point, when something happens, now, I know, and I can feel, you know, if somebody tries to like, piss me off, I can feel the anger and the aggression start coming up. And I'm like, yeah, I could just totally rip this dude's head off verbally if I want to. And I recognize it. And I'm like, ah, I, but I know what that is. That's not who I need to be right now. And I can literally see myself in two versions because I know this is something that I can control regardless of what this person or this activity does to me, right? Right. And uh, going to what you said that was very beneficial of helping me was once I once I journaled and did a lot with what Raf shared with me, uh, you shared of like, hey, collect all of this, put yourself in your thoughts, in your feelings, in your apology or your acknowledgement for the situation and put it out to this person. And I did that. And it gave me like... Mellon said a really good way. He's like that, that weight is no longer yours to carry. And it's out there. Like you, you, you pick it up, you packaged it, you put a nice bow on it and you sent it that way with a genuine intent of just, I want peace. And you just put it out there. And regardless of what happens, you're already prepared for whatever comes back. Melon said, you know, some of these conversations may or may not be uh, enjoyed, Um, my conversation didn't even happen. It was just silent, but that was an answer that I got. The silence told me everything that I needed to know about the other person. And I was like, well, I can't control that, but I know who I am now. I know what I'm about. I know I was genuinely, uh, being honest and open about everything. And it just, man it took a thousand pounds off of me and i just felt like i was on top of the tree just like enjoying the view at that point being like i don't care what's down at the bottom anymore i'm just gonna live in the moment and enjoy the view
1: it's like when you um when you when you have these you go through this process the hall of mirrors you look for these openings for where you can take responsibility for things in your life and then when you get into action and you've had a conversation you've been in communication you've written a letter you've done whatever that you know and like I wrote letters to my dad well after he passed away and it was just a really like I really got a, it was beneficial for me to do that and the weight releases off your shoulders you know what I mean the thing that you're carrying the burden that you've been dragging there's there's a lot that is going to unfold after that you know like you've you, you get to experience that you've done something that's difficult and you've done something and you've been great doing it. Like you have not, you know, you've not turned up and done the piece of shit, tear the head off, scream at them, which was the first instinct of the, you know, the negative wounded person that was in, in the black hole. You've done something that you know was, like you were you showing up as someone great when you've had, you've had, you've made the effort. You've written something really heartfelt. You've not put any, you're not trying to make the other person feel bad at all. Like you've done something difficult, you've been great, you've sent it out into the universe. And whether the, whether the other person accepts it, rejects it, hangs up the phone, whatever, after that, you get to be a different being. Like you are being a great, you've been a great person in that moment. And then suddenly you're not a piece of shit anymore. Like there's some a momentum shift occurs. Do you know what I mean?
2: <laughs> yeah. And it's scary too. That's the unknown. You don't really know what's going to happen you're already kind of maybe sometimes in a sensitive state and you're just like, well, I don't want to push buttons. I don't want to get outside of my comfort zone. Uh, but that's just the human reaction. That's not anybody in particular. That's just the human reaction that we've all feel that uh, there's a, there's a saying of if you fear adversity or competition, what you really fear is your incompetence, you know, like you're not prepared for it and you know it. So you get scared. Like, I don't know if I can handle this if I, if I shake the cage, you know, but it's just like, that's where the, that's where that growth happens. Like, that's where you need to visit. You know, you have to go there, man. I don't know how many times I've looked deep down on myself and I'm like, I know what I have to do, but God, I don't want to do it, you know, because I'm <laughs> I'm scared. I'm genuinely freaking scared. And I don't want, I don't want to hurt somebody. I don't want to you know, do something. I don't want to feel pain. I, you know, whatever I know it, but man, the best examples of being a good human being are the people that step up and do the things that nobody else wants to do with a genuine approach of just, I just want things to be better. And, and you, you, you feel those people, you feel their energy and you feel their passion. And it's just like, man, I want to be like that guy. Like, why do I look up to that person? Because they do that. You know, it's, it's, it's like the closest is a superhuman that you can get like a superhero. <laughs> Go ahead, Raf.
0: No, I think you nailed it, Mike. I think it's uh, the ability, the ability to understand that uh, someone's, Maleficence or whatever you want to call like something that they might have done to you or against you or something that you just don't agree with um the ability to disconnect and from 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 that activity from that person and realize from the very from the very beginning that it really has nothing to do with you and i think that is a superpower because how many times i mean i I, it's probably in the millions where ex-girlfriend former friend whatever did something that i didn't agree with and i just i harbor that resentment and i harbor that it's just it's poison it literally just poisons your thoughts it poisons the way you uh you need to process it and you need to move forward and eventually detach from it so i think it's i think it's a skill that most people should at least practice daily to just understand that the that the world moves on with or without you. meaning don't take everything so damn personal like it just because somebody's an asshole it doesn't mean that you're the cause of it, or you're the reason, or it's, even if it's directed towards you, it's still really, if you think about it, it has nothing to do with you. It really has nothing to do with you. Even if that person says, well, I'm like this because of you, man, that's your problem. Like, I I don't know. I mean, short of me, like, like, you know, violating your wife or just something doing her heinous and horrendous outside. outside, I'm just saying outside of those extremes, I'm talking about just simple, because mo- 90% of our, our conflict is from words, right? Like, well, so-and-so said this and they acted this way. It's, it's words. It's Rarely is it violence. Rarely is it physical altercation. I mean, rarely. 90% of the time, it's literally words were said or words were not said. And I think there is real power and real truth in like, understanding that if you can detach yourself from whatever emotional tags you set on that and just realize, like, hey, man, that has nothing to do with it. Man, you're already... Dude, you've already got a head start,
1: Malan. Ma- made me think then uh, a couple of weeks ago when Rico was talking about going through his life now, and he just he just has a compassion for people that he comes across because he knows that they're either suffering now, they were suffering in the past, or they will be suffering in the future. And he just he's just able to be with people with a sense of compassion. And like you're just saying there, Raph, it, it, everyone is on their own journey, and you know we're all the star of our own movie. Like the the, the story of Raph's life, like there's a central character, it's Raph, you know, and orbs in there and the Bean and all these. Other, but people then just come in and out, like they're in the they're they're starring in their own movie, you know what I mean? And you're like, oh, that's my nemesis, and that's the person who hates me. work whatever. They don't Gosh. give a shit about you, you. know. Like They've got their own stuff going on, like you've just said. you know. And if you're there burning the midnight oil, tossing and turning at night, thinking about how you're going to get back at them, you know, like they're sleeping deeply there. They've, they've got their own things going on. And Rico put it in such a beautiful way when he was saying there you know, about that compassion he has for the people he just interacts with, knowing everyone will have suffering. If it's not right now, it's somewhere on their timeline. And we're all going to face our own mortality. And like it's 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 such a great framework to have in the back of your mind. These other people, like it's just water under the bridge. And after you've had this Hall of Marrows moment, you've gone through, you've looked for where you can take responsibility, and you've had it, you've had the difficult conversation. Like for, for Mike, it was writing it down and sending it out. And for me, it was a series of telephone calls. And, you know, I've had the difficult conversation in times when I've been in this dark space with Cherry, you know, like inside of a relationship, there's going to be breakdown moments. It's like when you get into the state of I'm responsible, I've caused this, and you're really calm and you're not upset with yourself either. You're able to just forgive yourself and be like, well, this is just a person suffering in this moment. That's totally natural. Like I wouldn't be upset with wrath if he was upset in the same situations to human, after that, there's going to be openings for action that are going to be really obvious, like doors you could go through and conversations you could have and different ways of being, that occur on the other side of taking the responsibility. And you can come out of it in a very strong space, like Morg's talking about the way he is now, seeing opportunities. You know, we're talking about a friggin'. A display team, an aerobatic display team pilot who's not gonna be able to fly anymore. And he's he's talking about building the sets for his daughter's, you know, Christmas show in his backyard with like he's really happy about it. Like he's it's a it's a new thing for him, an opportunity he can move into. Raph? Yeah, I, I just wanted it just because it's just hit me how blatantly obvious
0: this is. Just listen to everyone's stories. And I feel like the if there's a general theme here, it's literally have those conversations. Like I feel like having a conversation almost always moves you in the right direction. Whereas Mike just gave that anecdotal story about where he's literally talking to nobody but himself. And so he's in this echo chamber where he's just getting this negative feedback that's literally coming out of his own mouth. But the minute you leave those walls and you go out in society and you're surrounded by people who genuinely love you and support you and are are there for you and try to help you progress in life, that's where that's where you start to build those bridges to get away from that kind of that hurtful space. Right. So, I mean, that's, it's just, it's so obvious to me now that like the common theme here is don't stay isolated, get out there, talk to your friends and family, people that really genuinely have your back and, you know, having those conversations as difficult as they may be, man, they're massively important because even if they don't solve the issue, it's going to steer you in the right direction. There's millions of times where I could point to the, that was the exact case you know, just something like my wife and I, where we're having like a, a couple of days of, of just not getting along and just having the conversation. It doesn't solve the issue, but it gets us in the right direction. Right. It gets us to that point where both of our minds are changing and shifting and realizing, like you know what, whatever drama we just had, it's absolutely not worth it. it it's just it's absolutely not worth it. And it gets us to a, uh, an impromptu date night or it gets us to like cooking dinner together. And it just like it's like we were dating again, you know, it just but it always goes back to that conversation. Like, that's what I'm getting out of this, just from listening to everybody talk.
1: Because, like, Rico and Morgs, both got dealt super challenging cards, you know? And, and, and if you haven't heard those two episodes, I suggest you listen to them after this. We're talking about super competent, like, high-performing professionals, really at the top of their game, who, who are doing everything right. And through no fault of their own, Life has just given them an absolute, you know, an uppercut. And both of these guys are in a state of gratitude and humility and openness. And it's an extraordinary place to get to on the other side of this. But, you know, it's it's one of these things. It's like simple but difficult, you know, like nearly all, all of these things are, you know, like we all know. Eat less, exercise more. You know what I mean. Like every freaking diet book is just—you could just bin them all. Like that's four words: eat less, exercise more. We all know it. <laughs> you know what I mean? What do you mean these donuts are not good for me? Oh, <laughs> yeah, I thought this stuff was health food, but it's—it's it's difficult to execute. It's like it's difficult to be great in these moments of trial. But the thing is, you're not just like the star of your movie like you you're the one writing the script as well like you you have the power to change the paradigm and the story around what's occurring you can decide that the next chapter is going to be something about this person rising from the ashes and just spreading love and happiness around like Rico and Morgs are talking about
0: and i think it's worth mentioning too because we talked about how this is kind of an individual sort of journey, right? You know, we're all the stars of our own show, but I think it's really important to also just, it's worth repeating, because we've said this before that, you know, the reason we should all strive to be better, it's, it's not for individual gain. It's actually because it benefits our society. A better version of Mike, a better version of Mel, and a better version of Ralph are only gonna make our inner circles and our communities that much better, that much stronger, right? I think that's, that's usually what I remind myself, you know, every time I don't want to go to the gym, I think to myself, well, that's just another day that I'm not taking the opportunity to be stronger. And somebody might need my help where I need that extra strength. I mean, it's just, listen, it's just, it's a stupid little thing. I tell myself, but it works because it's true. You know, I, I think everyone should see this world as like, yes, you live in this individual journey, but what you do will have an impact in your community and the inner circle. So Again, if you're out of shape, get in shape, because one day I might need you to pull my son out of a fire. And that would mean the absolute world to me, you know? I just, there, there is an absolute like intertwined kind of connection between all these little stories, right? Yes, we're living these indi- individual journeys, but we're all intertwined, right? It, there's absolute facts and, and, and whether it's good or bad. And I think that's important to always start in the back of your head. So you're not just being better for yourself and have your own story. You're, Every time you be better, you make the rest of us better. You really, honestly do.
2: Yeah, you You nailed it, Raph. Because that's what I was gonna, I was gonna come out and say. And uh, to to have another quote from Peterson: um, If you think tough men are dangerous, wait until you see what weak men are capable of. And I, I fucking love that. I love that. Yeah, it's so true, isn't it? Like, if I have a team and I know that like one little thing can set a person off and they just go nuclear and it's just like wow you're not reliable you're not balanced like you're extremely weak and and just being blatantly honest like i'm not putting myself on a pedestal because i am not perfect i will say it again i am not perfect but what i see in society a lot are people who just they choose to go high and right because it's the quick easy thing to do and you can just see it just like man that was just a conversation and you're losing your mind over shit like you can tell that there's zero growth there. They haven't done, they haven't visited why they're like that. They're just like loose cannons going around and it's so toxic. And this is like, man, I don't even want you around. Like, I can't even talk to you let alone like what happens if I throw something at you that's massive, you know, like, like again, mastering the basics, you know, it's like, if you can't master the basic conversation and the daily life things, like how am I going to depend on you when the shit really hits the fan? Like, you know, I'm, I just got to call you what it is. And maybe if it's a best friend or something, it's like, Hey, you're very weak right now. And that's dangerous. And you need to understand that. But like you said, after a while of realizing this, that other people depend on you and look to you and look up to you. It's like, man, I don't want to fail myself, but now I don't want to fail them. Whether it's your, especially your family, your kids, like especially to your kids like you're you guys are superheroes to michael and annie and Sorn. like your daddy you know like they are looking to you for the right answer all the time and it's just like if you're just going off they're gonna think that's you know one as kids they're gonna be like well that's what's right but then when they get older they're gonna be like wow my dad was the real shitbag you know yeah. just, you don't want that
1: yeah 100 percent. just to sort of round it out When we're in this negative space, when we feel stuck and when you get past it and you're not in it anymore and you're sort of looking back, it's like sometimes you feel like it's a different person. Like on the other side of it, you are actually showing up as a different person. You're showing up as a person with power. You're showing up as a person with integrity. You're showing up as a person who's able to impact the world. And when you're stuck, what's holding you back is... You're choosing to stay in that position, and this this is the part that's really difficult when it's you that's the one that's stuck. And if you've ever gotten yourself unstuck and you've gotten past it and you've you've brought healing to yourself or to someone else and you've you've been able to move forward in a way where you've been uplifting to other people, just honestly, like Rico and Morgs, like you, Mike as well, like you know, Raph and I know really well how you went through that. It's like you're a different person. When you look back, you're like, how how was I so stuck? But we're choosing in that moment to stay there because you don't want to be responsible. And you're, you're choosing to be right about the other person being a piece of shit or the universe is unfair or whatever it is, rather than getting out of being stuck. Like the pain of taking responsibility for the situation in that moment is outweighing the option, the freedom and the power and the happiness and stuff that can come because you you get to be right that this other person's a piece of shit and you just stay stuck. And this is like the conundrum that we get ourselves in and you realize it's not a bear trap, you know, staked in the ground or tied to a tree. It's you. And it's, it's such a freaking awful trap you know it's like those finger puppets where you sort of you're pulling your fingers apart you know those little finger traps you get your sort of finger in either end you're pulling your finger apart and the harder you pull the more it bites down and what you need to do is sort of push into it and then it loosens and you can get out and it's like isn't that a you- sex toy <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> i'm talking about i'm talking about like a little bit of uh woven paper or plastic or something, Raph. the little kids play with, a finger puppet. Oh, my God.
2: They call it the Mexican finger trap, I think, Raph.
1: Oh, my God. Who invited who invited <laughs> Destinizer? <laughs> but what I'm saying is, like, when, when you're in it, you're totally stuck. And you're like, no, this other person really is a piece of shit. And when you're out of it, you're like, oh, fuck, oh, I had the power the whole time. I could have chosen much earlier to get into this state of forgiveness and you know, having these powerful conversations and moving forward and being, you know, just a great person in my family and my circle. like You were the one who held yourself there. And it's it's easy to see later, but it's not easy to see in the moment,
2: Mike. The word that you just used was forgiveness. That is such a powerful thing. I saw a court case where a father saw his son's murderer on the stand. And when he asked, would you like to make a comment to him before the sentencing? The murdered, the murdered kid's father stood up and went up to him and hugged the killer and said, I forgive you for what you've done. And I just thought that was an amazing, well, one, he was a Christian and I believe that there was a lot on that side of it, but two, whether he truly meant You know, for that guy to be forgiven, it was the forgiveness was more about forgiving for himself instead of carrying that hatred and that pain and anger for the rest of his life, because it would literally seep into the rest of his life, his other relationships, and he would just be a toxic, ugly human being. And he knew that. So the first thing he thought about was forgiveness was going to set him free. And uh, I thought that was just insurmountable example of why you do that. Uh, if that guy could do it in that situation, I could do it with my situation. And I've made it known that I forgive because I, I've I've switched it around, right? I've made mistakes. I've heard people like everybody else has. And if I'm holding that standard of like, well, you're never, you're never getting this break and it's only me. That's going to always be the guy on the Hill. It's like, that's bullshit. So anyways, yeah, you said it, Melon, forgiveness. I I really want people to think about it, that it's maybe not even for the other person. And I get that the forgiveness is for yourself. So you don't carry that the rest of your life. It's not
1: worth it. Yeah. Because it, be, it can be something that you yourself have done that might be causing this stuckness and this negativity. And it might be, you know, a much younger version of yourself that you need to forgive, you know, looking at it, like this person in, in, in that situation at that age made this decision. And it was a shit decision, but it's totally understandable that they would have done that. And then being able to forgive them for just doing something normal, you know, that had a bad outcome that they may regret and that you can move on from. And there's a lot to be said. There's a lot to be said for releasing, releasing anger, releasing and forgiving, having great conversations, being great with people. I'm sure that we've we've got listeners out there who've got stuff they're dealing with in their life. and, And we would love to hear how you guys have dealt with this stuff in the past or how you see opportunities for you now. where where things could go. Um, We've got some great, great episodes there with Rico and Morgs that you can listen to for people who have really, really dealt with major, major, serious shit cards in life. And, uh, you know, that's impacted the three of us for sure. So uh, just to quickly touch on other stuff, we're still looking for those. We've we've relaunched the brand where we're after a bunch of five-star reviews. We'd love you to to drop a review in there, a written review trips, the uh, algorithm even more than a five-star review does. If you've got any negative feedback, send the email first and we'll do our best to get rid of Raph. Um, <laughs> before you drop a one-star review, but uh, no, from us to you, from us, to, have, have either of you guys got anything else you'd like to leave the, the listeners with from this one, Raf? any final thoughts?
0: No, no, I think, I think we've, I mean, this is a topic that we could spend hours over a campfire talking about. I mean, this is just, listen, this is like human 101. This is human nature 101, right? This is a daily struggle of every person, like all 7.6 billion people on earth. There's, I don't care what language, what culture, what country, what, what town, what township. This is something that is happening in every household right now. And it's, I think that's why, that's why we all deemed it very important to talk about, right? just a couple tools that we've used to get ourselves out of the trenches, so to speak, and, and try to remain out of them. Right. Because it doesn't mean I'm not going to fall back in. I mean, like I, I just said, I just had this fight that lasted almost two days with my wife, but again, we, we reached back and, and it, thankfully we, we, we mastered the basics in that regard. Like we know we genuinely love each other. So there's always a backstop for us, but it's still a miserable existence. It still sucks to be upset with, your significant other for a couple of days. It's just, it's, it's
2: miserable. You hate it.
1: Thanks, man. How about you, Mark? Have you got any final points that you, you wanted to drop just before we close out? Uh,
2: for the listeners, I want you to just think about one thing that comes to mind. And I know there's probably a lot, but I want you to think about one thing that took you into a bad or negative loop. And I just want you to tell yourself in that moment, w- whenever it was, You did your best. And you're listening to this now. It's a new day. You did your best. Try again. Do it better. Be better prepared. Be honest. And just, you get another shot. Every day that you wake up, you get another shot. You did your best. That's great. Do it again.
1: Good, man. Well, guys, thanks very much for that conversation. And until next week, Take care of yourselves and honestly, let us know how you've either applied this yourself or how you see openings where you can apply. Until then, take care.